0: Yeah. Alrighty, welcome along to what will be an interesting webinar, I'm sure, one that we've needed to have for a while. I think there's been a lot of discussions in the Brojo community about views, perspectives, beliefs on women as a group. And anybody, well, basically anybody who's interested in women in any way has beliefs that are formed around, uh, them as a group, whether you're dating or in a relationship. Um, I'd actually be really interested to know what kind of beliefs gay guys have around women because the kind of beliefs we'll be talking about today are almost all related to having a sexual interest in women and the kind of headaches and difficulties that come up with the pursuit of of a partner and, and sex and all those things. So I wanna really start by saying that having beliefs around women that make dating difficult or make women seem intimidating or hard to understand or frustrating, that's all very common. We can see in the Brojo community through the chats and Facebook and, uh, and in real life that a lot of us struggle to understand them as a group and we form beliefs about them that we feel are very true And yet they don't help us and they're not shared by people who do very well with women. So what we're going to be looking at today is, comes a lot from my own personal learning. I've I've been on a big learning curve around my beliefs around women. They used to be very, very unhelpful, particularly in terms of dating and relationships. All the beliefs I had basically prevented me from finding a partner. And since then, I've discovered that there's lots of other beliefs that other guys have that are equally unhelpful, though different to the ones I had. The kind of beliefs I had were very much in the worship woman category. I saw them as these kind of impossible goddesses that are scared to um, hurt or get in trouble with or anything like that. I looked up to them and worshipped them. And I've found since then that there's also a kind of misogynistic range of beliefs at the other equally harmful end of the spectrum. People who look down on women and see them as an as a inferior subgroup that frustrate them and they feel entitled to things from that group. And it doesn't matter whether you worship them, look up to them, or despise them and look down on them, seeing them as a group that is different to us men is the unhelpful part. And anything, whether it's positive or negative, if you see women as a group as different primarily to men, uh, it starts to become difficult to interact with them, date them, and form relationships. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to be essentially trying to challenge beliefs that you probably have around women in the way that I was challenged that helped me, helped me reform the beliefs. And it's not so much about disproving what you believe in, but just Bringing in a little bit of doubt, a bit of optimism that maybe you're not right about this all the time, and maybe there are exceptions, and, and maybe there are opportunities where you thought that was just impossible, and so on. I want to I hopefully give you guys just a bit of hope, I guess, that your impossible view of women that makes it impossible for you to form relationships with them and, and interact with them properly is not true there is a better view a more accurate one a more truthful one that will help you and it will help you because it's more truthful essentially all the people out there that you see interacting very well with women and dating relationships just daily conversations flirting the guys who get it and i don't mean the kind of smooth suave manipulators but the guys who are just naturally confident and successful with women without even trying, what we're going to be talking about today is what they believe different to you, what they know that you don't, and why it is that it's so easy for them, because it's not to do with anything that you can see, it's not where they look or how rich they are or any of that stuff, it's all to do with what they believe, you change your beliefs around women, you change your experiences with women, simple as that the same as anything like change your beliefs around money you change your experience with money you know you change your beliefs around nutrition and exercise and you change your body so this is about changing your perspectives of women and as we sort of just get started I want you to just bring to mind the perspectives you have around women that are strong and long-lasting but you suspect might be unhelpful what beliefs do you have about women as a group that you are pretty sure are not making things easy for you in dating and relationships. You, you see a lot of pain coming up for yourself somehow in relation to these beliefs. And even if you believe the beliefs are true, if you're like, well, that's just the way they are, you know, just, just notice the belief and just be prepared to loosen your grip on it just a touch. So if you believe in it at 100%, let's see if we can get that down to 99% today. Okay, let's just insert the possibility that it's not always that way, at the very least. And also open your mind to the possibility that maybe you're completely wrong. It is possible, as a human, to feel 100% certain about something you're completely wrong about. We all do it, and it's one of the hardest things in self-development to accept, is that that utter certainty that we have with all our pieces of evidence and proof from our experiences in life is actually totally wrong. Like I used to think people, um, didn't appreciate me. I was certain of it. I could, I could clearly see people didn't appreciate me, you know? Um, and yet the truth was they didn't like me people pleasing. And once I stopped people pleasing, they totally appreciated me. So people couldn't wait to appreciate me. I was making it hard for them with people pleasing. And yet I was certain they didn't appreciate me when the truth was I was making it impossible to appreciate me. I was too needy. Uh, Yeah. Tony, thanks for being on the call. And uh, if you want to share any examples, we'll address those. I'll do it anonymously because we've already got a big list here and we might cover yours incidentally. So let's uh, that's enough foreplay let's get straight into it. We're going to start with what I think is the number one belief that causes all the difficult beliefs. So this is the kind of this is the doorway into unhelpful beliefs around women. And that is a simple one. All women are the same. If you believe that, if you believe that women as a group are homogenous, they are all the same, then Millions of other beliefs about that group can form. And if that original belief is wrong, then all the beliefs that come off it are wrong. So if every belief you have around women starts with the premise, all women are the same, or at least they're all the same in this area, then you're just going to go completely off track. So I want you to notice how ridiculous that sounds. All women are the same. If you want to know how ridiculous it sounds, How about me saying all men are the same? Think of one guy you know who's different to you. Different in almost every way. You know, if you're an introvert, think of an extrovert. If you're a nice person, think of an asshole. If if you're self-deprecating, think of someone who's grandiose. You know, if, if you're very bookish or an engineer, think of someone who's artistic and creative. Think of how different you are just to other guys and then ask yourself how can i come to the conclusion that all women are the same when i can clearly see that my own gender is wildly varied huge spectrum a range of different personalities and characteristics and traits and preferences and skills and masculine to feminine everything and yet you think all women are the same And a lot of people beg this question. They think all women are the same without thinking about it. They just go to like, say, we look at one of the other beliefs. You need to be rich and good looking for a woman to like you. For a woman to like you. For any woman to like you. For all women, because they're all the same. You know, you can see a lot of the beliefs that we cover today. As soon as I say women are, then you beg the question that they could be different. That any belief you have about them, there could be Exceptionals, you know, there could be exceptionals, exceptions. There could be people who, or women who, don't fit that mold. I can tell you right now, if, if you take nothing else away from this webinar, if you can have a little bit of doubt about the idea that all women are the same, you can break down all the other unhelpful beliefs because this is the one where even if you've had ten women in a row who treated you badly, the possibility that the eleventh will be different particularly if you change and you choose differently. You know that if all women you know are superficial, that maybe the 11th one will be deep and meaningful. The possibility that they're not all the same, even if you've had a homogenous experience. So the problem a lot of guys have because of the way they are, they only attract and interact with a certain type of woman. And so their entire experience is of one type of woman. And so it's reasonable um, to assume, well, I'm seeing a broad range of women and they're all the same. When the truth is you're actually seeing a tiny slice, a niche of women. And they're the only ones you can see because you have a certain filter. For example, if you're very needy, uh, you're only going to attract and keep other very needy women. You know, if you're very superficial and flashy, you're only going to attract users and, and and gold diggers So you think that that's all there are but actually you are repulsing away the other types of women You're not seeing them. You're not meeting them. They're not spending any time with you. And so you don't even know that they exist right? <clears throat> But I'll give you some examples Angela Merkel You know the Fuhrer Of of Germany at at the moment. I want you to think of her if you know who she is uh, I think president prime minister. I don't know how you say it for Germany. She's the top person in Germany She's the kind of unofficial ruler of Europe essentially right get her in mind. She's this short squat Just hard beast of a woman right to run Germany and essentially run the entire European Union You can't be a Barbie doll Right, you have to be a masculine beast and she certainly is You would never beat her in an argument. You'd never fluster her. She is stone-cold killer, right? She's exactly what she needs to be to run one of the most kind of headstrong countries in the world Now compare her To Paris Hilton Are they the same? They're both women What qualities do they have in common? any because I'd argue basically none at all they're completely polar opposite Paris Hilton is superficial flashy feminine extremely feminine obsessed with appearances and the approbation of the crowd and approval Merkel she doesn't give a shit what you think about her she just wants power influence Leadership. She's basically a dude, you know, she is all masculine. So the idea that those two are the same is ludicrous. So if even those two are different, then how can all women be the same? Okay. Rhonda Rousey, the MMA fighter. There is basically nobody listening onto this call who could beat her in a fight. Okay. Now compare her to Taylor Swift. Are they the same? Do they have a lot in common? Really? One is all about fitness, fighting, masculinity, dominance, aggression. And the other one is all about art and love and fame. Are they really the same person? Because if they're different, we now have two examples of women who really don't overlap in any way. Venus Williams versus Rihanna, right? Masculine and feminine again. Your confirmation bias to keep the all women are the same narrative going will mean that you exclude evidence like this all the time without even noticing yourself do it. You just kind of ignore the obvious facts that many examples of individual women differ vastly. That there are women who are almost the most masculine that they can be. They're, they're more masculine than most men, right? And there are women who are as feminine as a princess in the Disney movie. And there's everything in between. So, how can they all be the same? The same would have to be such a vague, broad thing. I mean, there are women out there who have hysterectomies, they don't even have female reproductive organs. So you can't even use really biology to lump them in a group together. There are women out there who have uh, XXY as their genetic chromosomes. So they're not even XX. Technically, they're women, but they're not even genetically the same as other women. So the idea that they're all the same is fucking ridiculous. But I used to believe it. I used to think, well, what works on one woman will work on the other. Or the way one woman acts represents all women. And yet it's as ludicrous as saying all dogs are alike or all men are the same. Every individual has their own nuances and uniqueness. And when you get them all together on a spectrum, you can find two that are completely different and they don't even overlap. They don't even like crisscross in the middle somewhere. You know, I mean, compare a lesbian to a straight woman. They don't even like the same thing sexually. How could they be the same? But what you get is you get confirmation bias. At some point your brain decided it was easier to interact with women if you just lump them all in together as one group. It just simplifies things. And in this process, two devastating problems occurred. One is you saw them as different to yourself. There's the men group and the woman group. And so the dynamic of them being enemies with each other or being at odds with each other immediately arises. Whereas if we're all humans together, that doesn't happen. But as soon as it's men versus women, you no longer see them as a fellow human human. You see them as this other group, right? Fear will immediately um, arise because we're naturally afraid of others. And the second thing with confirmation bias, of course, is that you immediately dull out all the evidence of the nuance and the differences between different women. And you just start to look for how they are the same proof. You know, if one woman rejects you harshly and then a little while later, another woman rejects you harshly, you go, see, look, two in a row, proof that they're all mean to me, you know? except you've met two out of about three and a half billion. Not exactly a scientifically representative sample, yeah? Three and a half billion, by the way. People underestimate what a billion is. It's a thousand millions, okay? So 3,000 millions of females out there. And you think they're all the same? You have to work pretty hard to believe that. Except you don't, because of confirmation bias. You're just cherry-picking evidence without even knowing that you're doing it. And of course, this combines with something even worse, which is self-fulfilling prophecy. Your various beliefs around women will cause you to behave in a way where you kind of make it true. For example, if you think all women are superficial, then you'll try to attract women in a superficial way, and therefore only attract superficial women, and therefore confirm that all women are superficial without realizing that the way you're behaving is not only only attracting superficial women, but it's bringing out the superficiality in others. You kind of encourage it with your frame. So there might be a woman who's kind of on the fence. She can be superficial, but she could also be deep. It depends on who she's interacting with. But with you, she's only going to be superficial if you think all women are. But well, the guy who's like, all women has depth to her. Every human has depth to them. You just got to find it. That guy's going to bring out the depth. He's going to call out people. They're going to be their best selves around that guy. You know, the best that they have available. He's the kind of person who could transform Paris Hilton from you know, deletante or whatever you call it to someone who can actually have a meaningful conversation. He'll bring that out of her. Right. It's really hard to see this. This is one of those ones where you feel it's really certain because self-fulfilling prophecy is just like this thing that feeds itself. It's like, a, it's like smoking, like the, the more you smoke, the more you want to smoke. It just kind of, it's a self-contained circular system. So you combine confirmation bias. You, at some point in the, in the past, thought, okay, all women are the same. How can I look to see if that's true, rather than how do I disprove it? And then because you behave according to that belief, you actually encourage them to behave that way whilst also still cherry-picking evidence. And so you end up with the certainty. They are all like this. And yet if you're careful and you think back, you'll find exceptions. To all the beliefs that we talk about today, you'll find exceptions. You know, think all women are seeking approval and then you think, well, I don't think Angela Merkel is, or my mum doesn't, or that girl I used to sit next to in high school didn't. And you can start to think, well, there were a few exceptions, but you justified those exceptions away. You know, well, that was just one of a kind, all the rest are the same or whatever. Instead of go, wait, no, that's an exception. That means at least one isn't. How can I say they all are if one isn't? You know, we have going to start saying some are or most are. And if, that, if that's what happens by the end of this, as you can get to a place where I think, well, I used to think all women are, now I just think most of them are. There's possibility there. You're probably still very wrong about the most thing. At best, anything you believe in is some women are. But if you can go to most rather than all, you leave yourself this niche of opportunity like, okay, there's some who aren't. So how do I find those ones? Some who aren't bad in whatever way I think they're bad. You understand? You've got masculine and feminine as a spectrum. We can see there the difference between Ronda Rousey and Taylor Swift, two opposite ends of the spectrum ones, very feminine ones, very masculine. And then you've got the ocean personality traits, you know, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, or the other ones, the anxiety, you know, neuroticism and agreeableness, you know, everybody's different on all of these. So you take, five personality traits on a spectrum of masculine to feminine and you have almost endless variations so personality wise there's basically no two women who are the same they'll be slightly different a few points off which changes everything changes their behavior changes their beliefs changes their relationship um paradigms it changes how they treat people everything so how can they all be the same So what I'd suggest is a new belief system to implement, which is, how are they different from each other? And how are they the same as me? So rather than looking how are they different from me and how are they the same as each other, reversing it. How is this woman unique to all the other women I've met? And what do we have in common? It'll undo some of the confirmation bias You actually start to look for counter evidence now. And I, I recommend you, you fully look for counter-evidence because you need to balance the scales. You're already looking to prove that all women are the same. You're doing that all the time automatically. You can't even turn it off. So in order to get to some sort of level of accuracy, you have to counterbalance by going, well, how are they different from each other? And how are they the same as me? To eventually get to a point where you see all, wom- all women and indeed all humans as unique, and you see all women as humans like you. You get to that, your problems with women end, essentially. Really, if you can see the humanity in women, you can see how they're like you and how they're different from every other human. How we're all different from each other, but we're all kind of the same. If you can see all of that, then they're not some intimidating beast or some inferior race or that needs subjugation. They're, they're just other humans. And it's very easy to connect with other humans. It's very difficult to connect with a different species. Try to assess each individual on, on value spectrums rather than she's just a woman. Just, well, how honest is this one? Or, you know, how masculine is she? Or, you know, how much respect does she treat others with? You know, looking for the nuances in the individual. I'm going to talk about other beliefs here today, but that I think is the key one. If you get that one sorted, your problems with women are over. It's as simple as that. Okay. So, let's go into the more specific beliefs that branch off this all women are the same beliefs and are now beliefs about all women. Okay. So I had uh, at least three guys come through from the group with their own specific ones, which I thought were actually pretty representative of most guys. So I'll tackle those ones first. We'll get through as many as we can in the next hour. I've got a list that probably goes way beyond that, but um, we'll see what we can do. Okay. This one from uh, my man Darren. The idea that you need a relationship, that your worth depends on your ability to get with women, and that your girl has to be amazing by other people's standards. So, this one's kind of a social one. The idea that your worth of a man depends on your interactions with women. Essentially, if you do well with women, you're a good guy. If you do poorly with women, you're a bad guy. If you're in a relationship, you're doing well. Uh, if you're single, you're doing poorly. This kind of assumption. Okay. So, like with all the beliefs, we need to look for counter evidence. Okay, so the belief that you need a relationship to be a good person. Well, I did a little bit of research. I found three guys who all have partners. You may have heard their names. Adolf Hitler. Joseph Stalin. Kim Jong-un. These dictators, ferocious sociopaths responsible for the murders of millions and millions of people, all had partners. So are they good people? They're men who did well with women, does that make them good? Is there any exception to this? I also found, I was looking for examples of all sorts of things. Um, Socrates, one of my Favorite uh, philosophers of all time. Now, who knows if he even really existed because of the evidence of the times. But there's a, there's a lot of interesting stories about him and his wife. His wife is often described as a shrew, whatever that meant back then, but doesn't sound good. <clears throat> and, then, and she would often harass him in public and, and make fun of him and make him look stupid. <clears throat> so basically, so- Socrates himself had an awful partner. You know, but what a great man. And I did, I won't go through the list, but I did a bit of research and found a whole bunch of, uh, high profiles or celebrities and leaders that I like who are rumored to have partners that are just awful. You know? So even great men can have an awful partner. What about gay guys? Elton John, Freddie Mercury, Neil Patrick Harris. These guys can't get a woman. They wouldn't want to. Does that make them bad people? Or are they still great artists? Keanu Reeves, Leonardo da Vinci, Isaac Newton, all single. Keanu Reeves had his uh, partner die when he was younger and decided to never have a partner again because the heartbreak was too much. Leonardo da Vinci was dedicated to his work. Isaac Newton was probably just too much of a nice guy nerd. All of these guys are chronically single. Does that make them any less? For the belief that you need a relationship to be a good man, or you need women to like you to be a good man, or your woman that you do have has to be approved of by others, for that to be true, you have to care a lot about what other people think, and specifically a certain type of person, imaginary person. You have to care what imaginary people think. Because you might believe that you get a lot of judgment from public around your relationship status or the woman that you do attract. But the truth is most of that is voices inside your head. And if you were to survey all people in the world, you'd get a huge range of responses and judgments as to who you are. There would be no one thing. So the problem with the belief is that you need a relationship or a partner or you need a partner who is approved of by others Is it comes from a deep lack of self-confidence where you need other people's approval to decide that you're a good person. And that's got nothing to do with women. That's all you. you know? So what I'd, I'd suggest is a shift is rather than I need to find an amazing woman to be a good guy, think like, I'll remain single until I meet a woman who increases my value. And I don't mean value to others, but to yourself. And vice versa. So in simple terms, I'll remain single until I meet someone who's so amazing that she makes me a better person and I make her a better person. It's a different pursuit than to find a woman who others will approve of. Because I can tell you from long, brutal experience, trying to get women that others will approve of is the quickest trip to hell. Okay. I've had women in my life who others approved of, and they were nightmarish. Okay. <clears throat> Doesn't mean they all are. But you're, you're, you're an amazing girl, the one who's really good for you. Maybe your friends won't like her. Maybe your family won't approve. You have to be open to that possibility. Especially if your family is insecure and has some sort of fucked up cultural traditions that they're stuck with or the friends were formed when you had really low self-confidence so they're maybe not the healthiest people to have around. Their, their approval is very unreliable information. If you need a woman to think of yourself as worthy, then it's self-development work you really need, not a woman. You know? So, Glenn, welcome along, mate. Good to have you driving with us. <laughs> and feel free to comment if you have any time, but uh, I'll just keep ranting. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next one, which is another very common one, and it was raised by Rosni. And basically, it's the classic you need to be rich, good looking, tall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for women to be attracted to you. Basically, you need to have all these physical attributes and wealth and whatever it is, all the kind of surface level stuff. And the underlying belief, of course, that women are superficial. That women will judge you based on appearances, they'll judge you based on resources, they'll judge you based on how capable you are of providing a good, easy life and so on. So let's have a look at whether or not this one's true. This one's an easy it's an interesting one to hear because when I hear it now, I just like almost kind of scoff. Like there's no way that's true. Though it is true for some women. Most women actually don't give a shit about most of that stuff. But I remember believing it very strongly. I remember thinking the reason women didn't like me is because my skin was too pale and because I was too much of a nerd and because I was poor. You know, I really, really, really believe that I had a lot of friends who were taller than me, and it used to make me feel very inferior. I'm like, "Well, that's why they get girls and I don't. and the ones who weren't taller with me were more tanned or more muscular and the ones who weren't more tanned or more muscular were cool skateboarding kids who just looked fly all the time or whatever. I always had this like I'm being compared to the other guys in these categories of looks and and superficial kind of materialistic things, and I'm losing. And, and that explains my lack of success with women. But again, let's see if there are some exceptions. Why aren't all the ugly guys single? Why is that possible? You know, I mean, you only have to look around your own social circle, your own life to identify a guy that you know, like, without being too judgmental, you know, he's not Brad Pitt. You know, he's not one of the, the pretty ones. And yet women like him, or he's got a partner. How's that possible if women are only interested in rich, good-looking guys? Why aren't all the poor guys single? You know, I can tell you right now, nobody breeds like the poor. You know, I used to work in the Department of Corrections, and I worked with people at the bottom rung of society, the poorest of the poor, and fuck, did they have a lot of kids and a lot of partners? Jesus Christ, that was ridiculous, you know? I mean, I've met a guy who's never had like two coins to rub together and he's got like seven kids with three different partners, you know? And that was really common. That happens a lot. The population crisis in the world is not because of the rich people breeding. So why aren't all the poor guys single if women really care about richness? What we actually see with this belief is a dark truth about ourselves it's a thing called projection or counter-transference which is beliefs that you have you project them onto others and assume the other people have them it's a very common thing to do as a human we basically all do it we go other people are like me in this kind of fundamental way so if you think that other people are materialistic odds are it's because you are and you're assuming they think like you And the way to kind of prove this is you'll find that most guys who think that women care about how rich and good looking you are, are only interested in hot women. That they use physical attractiveness as the number one qualifier for a woman. So they're as materialistic as the imaginary woman they're talking about. If you require hotness to to interact romantically with a woman, then you're no different to a woman who requires hotness or richness or tallness. You know? You're throwing stones in your glass house here. You have sympathy because you're the same. And you'll see this everywhere. It's very rare for someone who's into deep and meaningful stuff to wind up with a partner who's into superficial materialistic stuff. But it's very common to have two of the same together. You know, just yesterday I walked past a couple like this. There's this guy had his... He, had, he was wearing as few clothes as possible to show off as many of his muscles as possible. And he was just absolutely perfectly groomed in everything, even though it was just a casual Tuesday afternoon. And he had this flash car that he had, you know, obviously taken great care of. And sitting in the seat of the splash car is a girl who looked like an Instagram model who's on her phone taking selfies and everything's primped and prepared. It was just this whole flashness of the entire scene. And I was like, yeah, they found each other that's probably a pretty good match. They probably just spend all day taking selfies together. I know that's very judgmental of me, but the point being is if you feel that women are very materialistic and superficial and petty, the first thing you got to do is look inside yourself. How do you view women? Are you looking for deeper, meaningful connections? Are you judging them on their values and their personality? Or are you, as most guys are, just obsessed with how hot they are, how sexy they look? How, how other guys in your life will pat you on the back if you are able to get them because of how hot they are. Because basically you're just looking for other people like you in their own version. Now, while being rich, good-looking, tall, kind of gives you an advantage, that's true, it does, to some women, the quality women are going to look past these things. You know, I remember I used to, I'd I'd see some girl that I thought was like really hot and she'd be with some guy that I was like, how the fuck did he get her? You know, I used to have that kind of mentality quite a lot. And then I started to get to know guys like that. And I realized there's a really good reason. She's not a gold digger or anything. It's because he's fucking awesome and she can see it and she doesn't care about the superficial stuff. She wants the awesome guy. She doesn't care that he's carrying a bit too much weight or that he's drives a shitty car or that he's as hair is thinning, you know, what she cares about is when she's with him, that he's bold and exciting. And, you know, he, he's a real guy. She gets to know him. She gets to be herself around him. She's free. That's what we don't see. When we just see that odd couple walking down the street, we don't see how they got together. We don't see the truth of it. If you want to find a quality woman, you can actually use, superficiality is a disqualifier if you stop being so flashy you'll immediately lose the interest of superficial women, which will only leave you with a higher quality to select from you know the key is the real key i think to to attracting a woman is to be surprisingly authentic Of all the things I tried, and I tried a lot of different things when it came to attracting women, when I finally gave up and thought, fuck it, I'll just be myself as ruthlessly as possible, let them judge me, fuck it, then I started succeeding with women. And I've heard many, many, many stories from guys who do very well with women going through the same transition. They tried all the tricks, everything from looking flashy or even being rich and flashy through to various other variations of impressiveness. And then one point, they just go, fuck it. I'll just be me. I remember the first time I was aware of this, uh, my flatmate and I went to go to a bar. And for once, he just couldn't be fuck getting ready. He didn't shave or put on nice clothes. He's still smelly from work. He just couldn't be bothered anymore. And I couldn't believe how much female attention he got that night. All the, the prettiest girls at the bar were just all over him. And I was just blown away. He was the least groomed guy there. He's not, I mean, he's not an ugly guy, but he's certainly not um, in the top 10. But they just loved him. And it was the first ever piece of evidence that I witnessed that just being yourself was actually more attractive than the flashy stuff. I didn't believe it at the time, but I've since seen so much evidence that I can't believe anything else. you got to understand nothing competes with confidence. Nothing. And there are no advantages in this field. Anybody can build their confidence. You know, being rich, tall, and good-looking doesn't actually give you an advantage with confidence. There are plenty of insecure guys who have all of those features. And there are plenty of guys who have none of those features and are very secure and confident. Fact is, having natural kind of talents, like being rich, good-looking, tall, whatever, it can actually reduce your motivation to work on yourself because things come to you easier. There's not enough of a crisis. It's the guy who's had nothing who can build up to anything. You know, So rather than trying to be- become rich, good-looking, and tall, it's a much more effective pursuit to become confident. And you don't need any of that stuff to be that guy. It's just built by being as authentic as possible, as boldly as possible, until you're no longer scared of doing it. That's it. You've got to understand, actually, the, the guy who sent through this one, um, if I'm not mistaken, he goes to nightclubs and stuff a lot. Where you meet women will determine the quality of the woman you meet. If you're hoping to meet a deep and meaningful connection in a nightclub, you're barking up the wrong tree. Who goes to nightclubs? People like to get drunk and on drugs and a superficial, look good, loud noises, stimulation, hedonism. That's not someone who's looking for a deep and meaningful connection. It's not someone who wants to know what your personality is like. Okay? In general, there'll be some exceptions, but not many. Where there are a lot of exceptions to that, uh, somebody doing a course, somebody going to cooking classes or life drawing classes, somebody traveling the world. That's somebody who's interested in more than just the superficial. So where do you meet those people? How do you live a life that regularly brings you into contact with women like that instead of a life that regularly brings you into contact with that small superficial slice of women? Stop going to nightclubs. Stop getting drunk start doing a meaningful activities that represent you for who you really are and meet women there and see if they give a fuck about the way you look. Okay. There'll still be some, you know, there were some, when I got into Zook dancing, there's still some very superficial women who are all about how good they looked on Instagram and everything, but not many, not as many as there were in the nightclubs, right? many more who wanted to get to know people who could show up in public just wearing like uh, you know track pants and no makeup you know they didn't care about that kind of stuff as much and ironically that's well not ironically but that's where I met my wife you know and it was easy so that's my thoughts on that one moving on to the next one classic nice guy one sent in by dustin i really appreciate him sending in this one because this is the the absolute nice guy trauma which is woman should just love me the way i am why do i have to try it's so unfair you know i don't know how many times i've had this thought myself it must be in the hundreds of thousands in my life um And how many times i've heard guys say something to this effect just this kind of agony of come on i'm a good guy love me you know i've been so good i'm such a good boy give me what i've earned you know and a kind of despair like this is the best i can be and they still don't like me is it over for me you know do i just not have anything to offer it's a very depressing feeling. It can be overwhelming and very dark. You know, sometimes it's not really entitlement as a feeling, but it's just pain. Like, fuck, they just don't like me, and this is the best I can do. Now, I want to call this one out. This is a typical nice guy belief. Okay? I'm a catch because I'm a good person. And unfortunately, it's often reinforced by people close to you. Your mother might say, Oh God, a woman will be lucky to have you. And all your friends are like, Oh my God, you're the loveliest guy. or you're so funny. Yeah. Like, I hope I meet a guy like you. That devastating, you know, you're like, I'm a guy like me, motherfucker. Um, But it can be really painful, isn't it? You're constantly being told, yeah, you're great. You're great as you are. And so you end up with that question. Well, if I'm so great, then why the fuck does nobody want to sleep with me? You know, you got to start looking at it differently. While I don't recommend you judge yourself based on the reactions of others, the kind of relationships you commonly have are a reflection of what's going on inside you. You know, this was one of the hardest truths I think I've ever had to face in my entire life. And it's a bitter pill that I find very few people are capable of swallowing. This idea that like, if my partner's unhealthy, I'm unhealthy. It's as simple as that. That's the weirdest way that I discovered this was actually I was at a bar and this drunk guy came up to our table and just started talking with us and he was kind of funny and we're having a lot of jokes and he stopped and got all philosophical for a second. He's like, you know what? You know what? Good cunts find good cunts. it It was like a light bulb went off. I'm like, that's right. They do. You know, it's like you find your like. And I extrapolated on that idea for many months afterwards. That guy just, the fact that I remember it today just tells you how significant it was, even though it was just a joke for everybody. But I was like, no, that's true. I, I've always found people like me, whatever like me is. When I look back and I observe it um, with a detached perspective, <clears throat> I was most of my life surrounded by people with confidence problems. They might have been the popular kids at school, but they were not secure. They were very insecure people a lot of the time and the women I attracted were fucking emotional nightmares You know, they were very unstable and unpredictable and deceptive and they hurt my feelings a lot and and I thought well either all women are like that or I tend to end up with a certain type of woman Which means the common denominator is me and this was really hard to see I could see it in others very easily I had friends who would just go from one disaster of a relationship to another, both guys and girls. And I'd be like, well, you're the common denominator. Stop blaming other people. But I just couldn't turn that torch on myself. You know, I didn't want to. But eventually I had to stop. It's actually shortly after I read No More Mr. Nice Guy. I stopped and just said, okay, what I'm getting is what I am. The friends in my life, the women in my life, they are a reflection of me in some way. This isn't like a random lucky dip. I'm attractive to and attracted to a certain type of person because of the way I am. What I came to realize later is that my attraction itself, even physical attraction, was skewed by this. I was, phys- it was so weird. It took me, I used to try and explain it to people and I couldn't make them understand. Like, I was really attracted to single mothers without realizing they were single mothers. It was the weirdest thing, one after another, you know, wake up with them the next day. And she's like, Oh, by the way, I've got to tell you, I've got a kid. I'm like another one. Now there's nothing wrong with a single mother. But how did I just keep like of all the women in the nightclub, I only found the single mothers. How is that possible? Well, how is it the girl that seems so fun on the first date? By the fifth, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this person's going to burn my clothes or something. She's off the fucking charts. Again, and again, and again, without exception. There were no exceptionally great, healthy women in my life. There were a lot that seemed that way at first, but I was like, you know, there's something deep in me below my conscious awareness that recognizes something deep in them and is attracted to it. And many years later, the description I came up with that is they needed fixing. That's why I like single mums. There are single mums who are very confident and so on, but they're not at the nightclub. I was finding the ones who weren't, who had left mum at home, you know, left the kids at home with grandma. So they could go party and get some dick. You know, that's, that's the girls I was finding. And I just somehow knew it. I like, I can fix this one. She's going to need me and so on. So that was my attraction. My attraction was actually this very dark thing. <clears throat> Um, and what was funny is as I worked on myself and developed myself, my physical attraction changed. I actually started to find different women attractive. It was in the little things in their eyes and their smile girls that I would have looked past for many years because they weren't flashy and glossy and Barbie dollish. And the ones that I used to be attracted to, I started to see the cracks in the facade. You know, I saw how brittle their laughs were or sort of how needy they were for attention or how often they took a selfie. I started to see the things I didn't see before They were right in front of me every time. I just couldn't see it because I wasn't looking. And Dustin, welcome to the call, mate. We're just uh, tackling the question you sent through. So this idea, women should just love me the way I am. What I'll say is the truth is the type of woman who love you tell you a bit about the way you are. Now you could be confident and unconfident woman will love you too, kind of thing There'll be that but when you get that mutual attraction in a repetitive way You know you're going to find and it's the same with like if, if kind of no women are attracted to you That basically says you're not attracted to yourself You don't like you. So how can anybody else? The the best probably the best piece of advice i've ever received On on when it comes to dating and relationships in terms of self-development is to develop yourself into someone that you would recommend others date Okay, and that's not the same as being a nice guy But someone you hope your daughter would find Someone you'd want your best friend who's a girl to end up marrying Someone who would be a good father Someone who would be a great leader perhaps someone that you would be like, that guy's the man, not that guy's nice and lovely, but like, that's the kind of guy we need more of in society. That's the kind of guy I look up to and respect. You become that then you've actually become attracted to yourself essentially. Okay. You, you like, I like this guy, you know, and it's different to how a nice guy likes himself. Nice guy thinks I'm entitled because I'm a good person. It's not the same. He doesn't respect himself. He isn't the kind of guy he would look up to. He isn't the kind of guy he secretly envies or admires, you know. Sorry, just got some comments coming through. Come on. I hear what you're saying about reflection you know some of the aspects I'm attracted to are vivaciousness engaging sexiness and those women often often unstable so I'm not attracted consciously to that instability or deceptiveness but something that goes along with it what I'd say to that is that there are women out there who are vivacious engaging and sexy without being unstable and you're not finding them for some reason you're finding the other ones so you know there's a sexiness I like in any kind of woman but Some of those, there's a great darkness underneath it, comes from like the chaotic wildness of feminine. I find that very attractive, right? But there's those who have it under control and they don't harm others with it and they're responsible. And there's those who aren't. And they're wild and they destroy lives. Um, First appearances, they can appear to be the same. But they're found at different places. There's different patterns of behavior over time and so on. You know, And there's also, and this is a key one, what I've discovered, there's a lot of women who I call on the fence, which is they can be amazing and they can be awful and it depends on who they're with. They have the capability for both. And this is actually probably true of men as well. We've got the capability to be great men or to be low men, depending on who we're influenced by. We're on the fence. If we're around great people, we step up. If we're around awful people, we kind of slide down. And so, what you'll find is you you might get uh, like a vivacious, engaging, sexy woman, and she can go either way. If you're insecure in yourself, she'll go the dark way. She'll test you and push your buttons and start big arguments and be really wild and chaotic. But if you're really strong and confident, you're not going to tolerate any bullshit and you respect yourself more than your need for sex she might step up. She might kind of pack up her baggage a little bit and and get it sorted for you. You know, she might be inspired to greatness. I think I've talked about this with a few clients before. There's a kind of a bell curve of women. There's those who are just outright fucking disasters and there's nothing you can do about it. They're in the nightmare kind of end of the spectrum. They're just broken. Just like there's that in men as well. They're kind of broken people. And then the other far end of the spectrum, super uber-confident woman who will never, you know, they're just ideal to be with sort of thing. But most are like in this big hump in the middle. And they can go either way. They fluctuate. You know, there's some women who could be great as a partner, but they've got a history of being awful too, just like we have, you know. And there's others who... You know, they, they generally do quite well with their life, but they can, if they get with like a, an abusive guy, they just go downhill with him. You know, they're not strong enough to maintain themselves. They're on the fence. So you've got to look at those, those women who are on the fence. Which way do you tip them? Do they step up when they're around you? Or does their behavior deteriorate? Now, it could be you're with someone who's at the end of the spectrum where it doesn't matter what you do, they're going to be nasty. And you've got to ask yourself, why am I attracted to that? There's also some who you're actually somehow triggering the worst in them. You bring out their user, you bring out their abuser, you bring out the narcissist or the superficial in them. You know, I I used to see this in like a little experiment I'd do in bars where a woman would come and flirt to try and get a free drink. I'd say, come on, you're better than that. And some of them would step up in response to that. They'd be like, fine. They'd like have it conversation with me and they'd realize okay i'm with a guy that i can't be like that with i gotta i gotta step up my game if i want to be with this guy and there's others who just get nasty at me if i was like that i'm like okay there's no chance with that one i'm not saying it's like a scientific test or anything but it's just interesting to see how some were like they're waiting to see how i'd react as to what kind of girl they were going to be that night you know were they going to be an honorable kind of girl that lives by values or were they going to be a superficial user it depended on how I reacted to them and we're like that too and that's the humanity in this you know you'll know it if you're around guys who are like saying if you're surrounded by a group who are really I don't know misogynistic and you've got like a tendency of it you'll slip into that puddle with them you know you, you go down that dark road whereas if you're around guys who you know, a really humanistic and love people, you'll find yourself sort of stepping up looking at the good in people. You can feel that pull either way, which is partly why it's so important for your relationships with women to be surrounded by great men, to have that influence. The idea women should just love you the way you are. Yes, I agree you should be yourself, but that doesn't mean you deserve a reward for doing nothing. Okay doing nothing with your life, you're going to get people who like those who are doing nothing with their life. But you can imagine what kind of people they're going to be, Yeah, you are understand women are not here to fix you, they're not here to give you self-acceptance, you've got to do that, that's your job, if you're all insecure and fucked up, it's up to you to sort that shit out, not them, they're not going to save you, you know, and you're not there to save them. You want to get to a point where you would date you, you know? In a non-gay way. Let me have a look. Got some stuff coming through here. Uh, come to that one in a second. <clears throat> Henry, would that be applicable if your girlfriend had borderline personality? Now, that bowel curve I talk about, this is going to sound pretty judgmental, but often borderline personality is in that rigid, dark end of the spectrum. There's not much you can do about that. Any personality disorder is for life. There is no treatment or cure. It's just who they are. Okay? It's different from, say, a mental illness, which is temporary, comes on and goes off, can be treated or cured. Personality disorder is a setting. You'll like that for life. <clears throat> so if someone has borderline personality and they're quite dysfunctional, which is on many of them, especially socially. And they kind of find it impossible to connect with people and they just cause dramas all the time and they split people all the time. And they're very narcissistic. You being the best guy ever is still not going to move that. Unfortunately, you just have to move on. And the question becomes, why did I find her more attractive than a healthy girl? How did I not see it? Well, what did I want to see and chose to ignore the facts, you know? I used to find really pretty girls like I'd make any excuse for their behavior anything without realizing like I'm overlooking the facts because that other girl next to them is maybe not so pretty actually treats me really well and she's friendly and she likes me and this pretty one treats me like garbage why am I allowing that That's something in me not in her she can't hurt me unless I allow her to why am I allowing it what does that say about me you know but there, yeah, if you're with a woman who's at that far end, you being your best doesn't bring out the best in her, move on. She's an unmovable force. She's going to drag you down because she's going to be the stronger force. You know, if you've got a guy who's working on his confidence but still a little bit insecure, you know, versus a woman who's deeply insecure with borderline personality, she's going to win. She's going to pull him down. He will not have. The endurance and the resilience and the strength to resist that and bring her up because she's unmovable. She's anchored in. Over a long enough time and period, we come together. I used to see this in when I was working with criminal offenders. If someone came into the room aggressive, all I had to do was remain calm and eventually he would calm down. I didn't have to try and calm him down. I just had to remain calm and be stronger in my calmness than he was in his aggression. However, if I got someone with a personality disorder, like antisocial personality, psychopath I couldn't move them I could stay calm my entire life and they could rage all day every day even though it was faked that was stronger than I was so I had to use different approaches with them Now that's not to say that somebody with any form of mental illness or personality disorder is undateable one of the greatest relationship dynamics is when both of you work on your weaknesses together and you make each other better. Okay. Like I've seen great uh, relationships come out of drug addict recovery Two people like we're going to get clean together. And you know, 10 years later they're still married and they've got kids and they've stayed clean the whole time. That can happen and it can be great. It can be greater than any other relationship because you started off at your worst together. So there's nothing to hide. You can be honest from here on out. You've seen each other at rock bottom. It can be amazing but you both have to be moving up, you know? You can see in the little things, you're like, oh, I need to lose a bit of weight. And the girl's like, okay, fine, I won't buy any chocolate, I'll, I'll go with you to the gym. Like, she's trying to help you do that, rather than one like, oh, come on, just have an ice cream with me. one it pulls you down, you know? But again, it comes back to that overall problem we have as guys is being blinded by physical attraction so often. um doesn't says i had a woman call me out on that one time and i still don't understand it yeah look it takes a while to get this but you understand if you think a woman should love you that's the warning sign that you've got work on yourself that needs to be done because once you love yourself once you've earned that once you've behaved in a way that you respect and admire for a consistently long period of time You'll stop needing a woman to love you. doesn't mean you won't want it. It won't be nice, but you don't need it. You've already got your approval from yourself. Nobody else has to provide it to you. Okay. So if you're at a point where you're like, I need a woman to love me, in any way you think I'm missing that, what you're really saying is I'm missing my own respect. I'm missing my own kind of confidence and self-love. And that's what needs to be worked on, not getting a girl. In fact, you should work on that before trying to get a girl. Because you're only going to find girls who are like you if you're like that. Which is other girls who need a guy and they're desperate and so on. That's why I recommend generally that people stay away from online dating. Because there's only one reason to be on online dating. To find someone because you need them. Right? Or for a quick lay I guess with Tinder and stuff these days. But nobody's on online dating for self-development reasons. Not really. They're there because they think I need a partner. Whereas the great woman to date aren't on online dating, they're at the dance class or they're traveling or they're at the cooking class or they're starting their own business or whatever. They're doing shit with their life beyond trying to find someone. That's somebody's working on herself and you can just go and work on yourself right along next to her. You'll both accelerate your growth together. So when I say borderline personalities down the bottom, I, I don't mean that somebody who has mental problems or emotional problems is undateable and disqualified. It's, are they working on them? You know, are we gonna be able to work on this stuff together? The answer's yes, great. If they're like, no, I'm staying the same, fuck you. Nothing wrong with me. That's not gonna go well for you. Simple as that. Okay, Henry, you got a question? i was just to you there. Go ahead, bro.
1: Okay, um, my question was, um um, I used to have a girlfriend who had like a mild borderline personality, and then sometimes she had um this kind of fear of abandonment. So what happened was sometimes she was testing me, like for example she was exact for example she was um at school and that day I was actually having a day off. So she made up story like Henry, can you please come to my school I need the hand here with the kids, and when I turn up there. And she said like, oh, don't worry. I got it handled. So I felt like she, she, just, wanted me, she just wanted me to be there to see her. And then there wasn't one occasion. It happened like three times on different occasion that I felt that she was, she wanted me to be there. So she felt like actually I loved her or I actually I put some effort to see her. You know, so she just made up some story like, oh, I don't need you anymore right now because it's already been handled. But, yeah, she just made up some story that had to be there for her. So I was thinking, like, if I stood up and then I realized, like, look, you're just talking bullshit. I don't take that anymore. I I felt like I could have saved the relationship. What do you think?
0: Possibly, if you had stepped up, she might have changed, but unlikely. If, she, if this is a symptom of her borderline, she probably does this with people all the time and she's just compelled to do it. She can't kind of turn it off. What I would say is, again, when it comes to people who are on the fence, these women who are on the fence, you know, you talk about uh, shit tests in the pickup artist world all the time. The response to a shit test might knock her either way. So if you play the game, she'll become a game player. But if you say, wait, stop, I don't do this kind of stuff. Be straight up with me or we're done. She might step up. So, you know, I'm about to release a um, a podcast on relationships and stuff like that. And I talk about this a lot, which is when you meet a girl and she's still engaging in some of the poor behaviors that she's used to doing to protect herself in dating. You know, she's going to develop these defense mechanisms. Give her a chance by calling it out. Just say, look, I know you have to do that because dating guys is fucking awful these days, but don't do it with me. Okay? We'll, we'll just be straight up and honest with each other. We'll have something different here, you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're cool with that, good. If not, go play your games with somebody else. I don't do that. It's, I, I don't like this stuff. See, a lot of guys, they'll accept gameplay because they think, well, all women are like this. This is just female. No, it's not. It's really not. They don't have to be like that. They've learned to be like that. 99% of the guys who approach them are fucking just trying to get laid or whatever. They have to protect themselves from these users. They've, or they've got insecurities about men and so on that have led to poor behavior, just like we do poor behavior with women because of our insecurities. But maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they want a guy to ask them to step up. They want a guy who makes it safe to be vulnerable and honest again. When I was first dating my now wife, we had that conversation at a time when she was kind of testing me to see if I would like pay attention to her when she needed it, rather than just asking for attention. And I we had a difficult conversation I sat down and said, look, I, I get why you do that. And I know all your friends do it. But not with me. You want something from me, you just ask it. No mind reading No testing just assume I don't know anything come and ask for it and I'll either give it to you or I won't That's how we're going to interact. We're going to do it differently. If you don't like that We we can't do it. I'm not I'm I'm not doing the game thing anymore. I'm happy to be single You know And so she was now at a crossroads. Do I keep doing things the old way or do I step up and she stepped up? And she's confronted me in similar ways If I've been indirect or whatever She's called me out on it. If I've been lazy or whatever, typical guy stuff, you know, she calls me out on it. And I have to decide, do I want to be a better man or do my old shit that I always did? So you get the problematic behavior, go, okay, let's give them a chance. The chance is going to be, I'm going to call this out and see if they do something differently. Don't take a promise though. A lot of people will be like, okay, I won't do it again. Then they do it again. And as soon as you allow that to happen, you're done. Just classic manipulation. See, if they do it again, this is over. This is a deal breaker. I'd rather be single than be with someone who's not healthy for me. Very clear mindset because it's not really about women, it's about you. You get your shit sorted, you'll find the women who are great. Okay. But if your space is filled with unhealthy women, you can't find those great ones. You have to be single. You have to be alone. You have to be free. You know? Does that kind of cover it, Henry? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. No worries. Um, Dustin says I've always felt like I put effort into developing myself, but in appearance to other people, it doesn't look like I put forth effort. Okay, the idea that like you're trying really hard, but nobody recognizes it, I'm guessing. Um, again, it, it comes down to not doing it for other people. If the people around you don't notice, fuck it. You know you're doing it. You just keep doing the work. The person who's right for you will appreciate it. Okay? And if you're surrounded by people who don't, then you're surrounded by the wrong people. This isn't a woman problem. It's kind of a logistical one. Had a lot of guys lately talking about how they just feel unsupported by their friends and family. And they just kind of end up with the wrong people all the time. Gives you the impression that all people are bad for them or that they're a loner or that there's no one good out there or whatever. But it could just be you're living in the wrong fucking town. You know, you've got the wrong circle. You're doing the wrong activities. You know, if you like, if you go and meet all your people at nightclubs, you're going to meet nightclub type people and only nightclub type people. They are not representative of all people. Right. They're very different from rock climbing people and book club people and travelers. These are all quite different personality kind of spectrums. And if you are constantly surrounded by unsupported personalities, you got to change up your life. You got to find different people doing different things who, when you talk about self-development, they go, oh, that's interesting. Rather than like, "Gay." Okay. right. You got to find the people that respond positively to the work you're doing. Okay. But you don't want to find women who respond positively to your most deepest kind of poorest behavior. If you on your worst behavior, being manipulative, needy, whatever, makes a woman attracted to you, that's a woman you need to stay away from. Because she's like you. And she's going to bring as much misery as you bring her. You know? And it doesn't say it can be a struggle to find what am I doing that's only for me. Well, if you can first make the commitment to being single for life, if that's what's required, then it becomes a bit more obvious what's only for you. If you go, okay, would I do this if it didn't have an effect on making women like me? You start asking that question. It becomes difficult like a a lot of guys think they're working on themselves, but they're really doing it for this other outcome of approval from some other person. You know, and then they confuse the two. Along, the key is is to find those activities where nobody else noticed, but you're just like, "Fuck yeah, I did it." That's what you're looking for. You know, and quite often, especially with someone who's attached to approval, it's about doing things that are right that get disapproval. You know, standing up for yourself and somebody disagrees with you or boldly expressing attraction to a girl and she rejects you or whatever. These little things where you're just like, I finally went and faced my fear of disapproval in order to be more honest, in order to be more self-respecting or whatever. Remember, there's no point in getting into a relationship until you genuinely believe that you are worth being in a relationship with, that someone being with you is going to have a better life than they would alone. Okay. And that isn't because you're going to fix them as a nice guy, but because you're going to inspire them to greatness. All right. When you get to the point where you think, yes, I'd be a great role model for teenagers. If they aspire to be like me, they'd end up happy and healthy and have great lives. If you believe that, then you're ready for a relationship. If you've earned that belief by proving to yourself that you're worth modeling, You're a man of integrity, whatever it is that you believe in, compassion, respect, honesty, courage, responsibility, whatever you think, whatever you wish all men were more of, you know. Once you become that and you're like, yeah, I would would hope my daughter finds a man like me and I'd recommend someone like me to my friends. You know, I'd hire someone like me any time. Then you go looking for a partner and you'll find different women to the ones you've been finding. I'm conscious of time. I've got a massive list of beliefs, and we're not even going to get close to getting through them in the next 10 minutes, but I might actually do a sequel to this one because there's just so much to talk about here. So we won't rush it. Okay. <clears throat> I'll try and cover one more here. Actually, no, I want to go back. Um, Tony wrote something here. Let's see. Limiting beliefs. The idea a woman have to be emotionally attracted to you, especially in the early stages. Taking the approach of getting to know her just results and not seeing me as a potential romantic partner. Ah, okay, so this is kind of like the friend zone thing. You get to know someone and the kind of sexuality of it dies, I guess, the romance of it dies. Um, let me just have another read of that. And there's another one there. Am I superficial if the first thing I value in a potential partner is their physical attractiveness? Surely it's not too much to ask for that she's physically appealing. I'll I'll deal with that second one real quickly. There's nothing wrong with valuing physical attractiveness. It's it's about how highly you value it. Is it number one? Because that's fucked up. One of the things you've got to think about when it comes to a partner is how much value does physical attractiveness bring into a partnership? Does it make her a good mother? Does it make her a loving partner? Does it make her someone fun to travel with? What is the actual value of physicality? You know, if you were blind, how much would you be missing out on? A lot of people put physical attractiveness right at the top. Like if she's not hot, it's not worth it. Why? So your friends will pat you on the back? Okay. Okay. I mean, when you even when you're having sex with someone, it's not like they're at a distance and you get to see the whole body You just see like bits of skin and you know elements It's not even that important to sex Why do we prioritize physical attractiveness so highly? When actually all it's needed is just the bump from friend to more You know just enough to be like Yeah, I would sleep with her. That's all it needs in order for this to be a romantic relationship. But we put it like, no, if she's not hot, I don't care what the other qualities are. There's no point in even exploring this. Okay. And then we wonder why the woman we meet is superficial. Well, we're projecting that superficiality. We're saying you got to be hot for me to like you, for me to think you're worth talking to, for me to approach you. Right? And now I'm pissed off that you think all men should be six foot tall. It's the same thing, same standard. But you got to think, if nobody else could see her, is there any value in her being hot? Does that make her a better partner than others? Because if not, then why do you value it so much? Okay. Now that first one... Let me just see if I'm already covering that. Let's scroll down. Yeah, Dustin says, I think it's acknowledgement for other people. Yeah, for most of us who went through high school, there'd be a lot of shame in having a girl that others didn't find attractive. You'd get shit for that in certain groups of friends. I know I would have and did. You know, our conversations were always started with how hot was she? You know. Followed by, did you fuck her yet? It's very, very physical. There's no like, is she a good person? You know? Did you guys have anything great to talk about? Did she treat you well? There's none of that. It's just, was this a good looking piece of meat and were you able to put your penis in it? You know, no wonder we have fucked up views of women. No wonder we struggle to connect with them. <clears throat> Tony, that first one you put through, I'm going to put on to next week because I need some time to think about it. Okay? And today I'll just, I'll move on to the next one, but I'll save you one. Um, and I might uh, clarify with you in private what it means exactly. I'm just going to put that on the list here. Okay. The last one I'll do today is a common one that brings a lot of fear in guys when it comes to escalating from friend to more or from showing attraction, which is if I show interest, I'm at risk of assault allegations. So even before the me too movement many guys had this fear Like if I show sexual interest a negative reaction could actually be really bad in terms of consequences She could yell rape she could tell guys other people that I'm a creep all the way through to Assault charges and me not realizing I crossed some boundary or whatever And and I used to just have this kind of innate they believe that just expressing attraction somehow harmed a woman and it might take specific examples in my mind like her not wanting something and me pushing too far or something but mostly it was just like i just felt this repulsion from it i was scared that i'd do it wrong and someone would get hurt the problem is this is creates a self-fulfilling prophecy where a guy becomes so hesitant and indirect in showing interest that he actually increases the likelihood that he's going to do something wrong. It's a terrible tragedy. Whereas these guys basically, they're so scared of like crossing the line that they tiptoe around the line and end up crossing it without realizing, you know, you can see it say in a nightclub rather than a guy just walking up to a girl and go, man, you're hot. I want to talk to you. He kind of dances near her and starts sort of grinding on her and stuff. And that's like, that's technically a sexual assault. Right? He's like, well, she didn't move away. She must like me. It's all very indirect and vague and nothing's been discussed and we don't really know what's going on. We're just hoping, you know, Or rather than a guy looking at girl in the eyes, he's like, if you don't move away, I'm going to kiss you. And giving her that chance. He just kind of like leans in when she doesn't expect it and just puts his lips on her, hoping for the best, you know Right So this very kind of timid indirect way that guys go around Showing interest in order to protect themselves actually puts them at risk Whereas being honest and direct especially direct and respectful is what will keep you safe Yes, it is much more likely to bring about rejection but if she rejects you for doing that she was always going to reject you being indirect wasn't going to help right now she might playfully reject it which means maybe later but at least she knows what's up there's going to be no consent problems later on There's going to be no like oh i didn't really know if i wanted to do that i used to do that like I'd go on a date and like take a girl home and nothing would be discussed. I wouldn't mention that we were going home together. I just kind of hope she didn't run away. and It was all just very like, it was like psychic communication. You know, I'm like, Hey, we're walking up the stairs. This is looking pretty good. You know, I'm just talking to myself here and get into bed, turn the lights off. I'm like, I'll start like touching her arms. See what happens there. No words are spoken. There's a deathly silence in the room as I try not to breathe in case that somehow upsets the, the fragile balance of things, you know, not wanting to do anything that might put her off or make her aware of what's happening and give her a chance to say no. It was just, God, I was taking a huge risk behaving like that. I mean, a girl who's not sure of herself and and the kind of girl who ends up kind of sort of consenting because she just wants to be polite and then ends up regretting it later. Like, I was putting myself at huge risk of that. And there's a chance that that's actually happened. Maybe the girl never said anything or never pressed charges, but there might be a girl out there who really resents me because I kind of took her over the line in this really subtle, manipulative way. You know, and that haunts me sometimes. I think, oh, that could come out in the woodwork. I need to be prepared for that. I don't know how women have felt about the way I've behaved because it was also indirect. I never talked to them about it properly. There were a few times where a girl and I would do something sexual, usually not full-blown sex, but something almost there. And then i never hear from them again. And I'd think, well, why not? Maybe it was because the next day they went, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. Whereas if i have been really direct with them, like, look, if you come home with me, we're going to get naked. Then it's kind of like, okay, she, she has to tick the box now and choose and commit to that decision. And I've given her an out. I've said, look, don't do it unless you're sure. Right? So that way she doesn't wake up the next day and go, fuck, did I really want that? She wakes up and goes, fuck, I signed up for that. that that's in there. <laughs> that's that. I wanted it. I must have. Don't avoid discussions about consent. Dive into them. Be prepared for your goodness. You're allowed to say, are you sure you want this? But guys are so obsessed with getting laid that at the point when you need to say that, they're scared to say it in case she says no. They don't want to wreck the balance of things. They want to just follow this through rather than being prepared to lose it all right at the finish line kind of thing. Understand that woman's far more likely to sleep with you later on and get into a relationship later on if she's allowed to say no now. And you're far less likely to fucking end up in court. Okay? Guys are so worried about expressing attraction and stuff because they think of the Me Too movement and being seen as a creep, but no girl has ever really described a direct, honest, respectful guy as a creep or made allegations against him. You know, I'm actually working with um, more than one client, but one client in particular who's got false sexual allegations made against him by a very dangerous and unstable woman. But he was deeply insecure and everything when he met her and everything was very indirect. And, you know, he was drinking when they slept together so he can't remember things properly and so on. That's a very dangerous situation to be in with a dangerous woman. If you take care of yourself confidence-wise, if you're prepared for a no, if you dive into it to make sure that by the time you get a yes, there's no doubt about it, then you're never going to be at risk. And especially do not have your first sexual uh, experiences with a woman under the influence. Most guys seem to rely on alcohol or even other drugs to kind of get them across the line. You know, but I've had too many times in the past where like there was one girl scared the shit out of me. She woke up, we woke up the next day and she said, did we fuck last night? I was like, oh my God, you don't remember? Jesus Christ, that terrifies me. How can you not remember? I remember every kiss I've ever had. Let alone that. Like there are some people who black out drunk. You know, just after a few wines, they wake up the next day. They won't remember things. And if they don't remember things, they're not going to remember giving consent. And that's going to haunt them. So if you want to be safe, be bold, be honest. Make it so there's no doubt left. Even if that means risking a no. And even if it doesn't look like the movies where everything's all spontaneous and romantic, even if it creates a bit of awkwardness and kind of kills the mood for a few seconds, especially at the start. Because, look, if it kills the mood, be glad because it means the mood wasn't really there. Because once a girl really is horny, it's pretty hard to knock her off that path. You're not going to knock it off with a, are you sure you want this? But if you can knock her off that path, then she wasn't really that keen. And in case, you should be stepping back like, whoa, you were definitely not keen. Which if she's playing games will just be fun for her. And then she'll dive on you, you know. But you don't want a tentative yes to turn into an assault charge. You want a hell yes. You want that you're begging by the time you do anything to it. Okay. Creepiness that comes from hidden intentions when you go up to a girl and you're asking her about her job and all the shit You don't care about and she's like, oh, I think he likes me, but he's not saying this is weird. That's creepiness Whereas if you go up to a girl and you're like, I know you straight away. You're the girl I wanted to meet tonight It's very obvious why you're there Now she can say no straight away kill this right before it even begins which is actually the least painful way to lose it But straight away, you're like, okay, if this goes anywhere, we both know what's up. There's going to be no hashtag me too with my name next to it. Okay. Healthy women aren't going to let creepiness happen either. right? So if you're getting a really stone cold response from someone who's confident and healthy, take that feedback. It means you're being creepy. It doesn't mean you're a creepy person. It just means you're being creepy right now. Okay, lesson to be learned there. We've all done it. You know, I remember this one girl who came over from Australia to stay with me and I kept trying to hit on her and she was just so obviously uncomfortable. But I was doing those pickup stuff and I was trying to like plow through. I'm so glad that she had the stones to like really tell me to stop and push me away. Because the way I was that night was not healthy. You know, I didn't even want to that much. I just wanted another lay under my belt. I was just obsessed. So if someone's pushing you away for being creepy, go, okay, so that's the kind of woman I'm probably looking for. Not all the time. Women reject kind of by natural default a lot of the time, I think, to protect themselves. But if you come in direct, you're going to know exactly what you're getting yourself into and so will she. It's nothing to be afraid of no, you know that's the best way to protect yourself okay you're not going to get an assault charge from coming up to a girl and saying look i think you're the most gorgeous girl in the room i had to say hi it's not going to happen but if you get really drunk and take her home and start like touching her arm and like slowly easing in there and not talking to her that might end in an assault charge okay So rather than like, oh no, if I show interest, I'm going to get in trouble or I'm going to hurt someone. Think more like I'm going to distance myself from gameplay. I'm going to stop doing things the way everybody else does them. Stop pretending this is a movie. If she's playing games, I'm just going to move on. I'm not going to play fucking games here. Flirting and teasing and all that's fine. But if she's like really... Indirect about what she wants to the point where I really don't know if she likes me or not. Fuck it. I'll move on If nothing else this will provoke her into being more direct You know, you kind of want to encourage them to say no They're really into you. This will only make you more attractive You know, I used to like when I finally got this I used to say to girls things like Look, if you're going to reject me, do it now because I'm going to keep escalating this thing. I'm way too into you to stop now. So push me away quickly. I'd like to tell them to say no rather than hoping they'd say yes. You know, It's a great way to flirt. Say, look, I, I just can't keep talking to you because it's just, you're turning me on too much. You know? That way she comes home with you. There's no doubt about what's happening. You're not friends, you know? <laughs> She doesn't have to go suddenly surprised. Like, ah, oh, wait, this isn't what I wanted. She knows what she's getting into. All right. So we'll kind of wrap things up there. I'll just check the final comments. He says, I haven't met any woman in New Zealand that's affected by Me Too movement. They all respond nicely to my compliments. I'd say that's because you're doing it right, probably. You know, you get a compliment, right? I'll I'll tell you about one time where I sort of saw this properly. I went up to a girl in a supermarket and I just said, uh, I can't remember what I said, something like, I just think you look really cute today. And she's just like, "Uh, I have a boyfriend. Like this kind of like uh, reaction. I said, oh, it's fine that you have a boyfriend. I'm not hitting on you. I just wanted to give you, you know, some recognition. And she just changed instantly. She's like, oh, thanks. Instantly when she realized, oh, this guy isn't trying to, this isn't some sneaky trick. This guy still wants me to have the compliment, even though I've made myself unavailable to him. You know, she just clicked. And you can do that. You can rescue something there. You come up to someone there, like, really uncomfortable. You say, okay, whoa, well, see, so you're getting really uncomfortable here. I just wanted to pay you a compliment. I'll, I'll move on. You just keep the compliment. I'll go over there. And you can give another woman hope, like, huh, maybe not all guys are losers, you know? Dustin says, I like that you're putting emphasis on if things get ruined. Probably wasn't going to happen regardless of your confidence. Yeah. So basically, if a girl's really into you, you can't really ruin it by being honest. Okay, that's that's only in the movies. If you being honest ruins it, there was nothing to ruin. It was kind of all based on the fantasy anyway. You know? So... I don't think we're just going to have to call that part one because I've still got the beliefs of women are manipulative and dishonest. Women are more emotional than rational. Disagreeing will kill your chances. They don't want to see your weaknesses. They don't want sex as much as men. Hypergamy. There's so many more to go through here. But the main one, especially for those of you who came in later, was right at the start, the belief that all women are the same. All these other beliefs stem from it. And that's actually the worst belief of them all, because they're not. There's a huge range of masculine to feminine, all the different personality traits, and millions of different variations. If you can see each woman is an individual human to get to know, then everything changes, and you don't have to worry about any of this other stuff. Okay, So for those of you who came on late, go back and listen to the recording, the beginning of the call, because I think that was the main point. Thank you guys for coming along. Please send through any other beliefs you want to get covered. This might end up being a trilogy or something. Um, and anything that we did talk about that you feel is unfinished or didn't quite cover it for you, you know, I really want to get to the bottom of this because I've got to tell you, you get your beliefs sorted, the experiences will change. When you get to the point where women are just human beings, They're just people you connect with. Some are good for you and some aren't. And your job is just to go to find the ones that are and let go of the ones who aren't. You don't have to try. You just be you. Be the guy that you would want people to date. Be the person that you respect and admire and then see who responds to that. You know, There's no such thing as rejection in that world. It's just discovery. Everything changes. And final thought, you've got to remember, a woman can't complete you. Right, your insecurities about yourself won't go away because you get a girl, because you get laid, or you get a relationship. In fact, they'll just be heightened, or they'll morph into something else. Low self-worth will turn into jealousy. Jealousy will turn into possessiveness. You got to get that shit sorted before you get into a relationship. Okay, <clears throat> the dating process can be a great way to sort that shit. Before you make any sort of commitment or hope to bring someone into your life, get to a point where you don't need them. All right. Thanks a lot, guys, for coming along live. And I will see you all next time. Cheers. Cheers, mate.